first sermon. Did I look fat? Someone said I look fat. I look the same to me. I, I'm just saying. I, I don't, I don't, I'm, well, maybe. Did I look fat? <laughs> I want to read some stats to you. 47,000, it said traditional salvations were people one-on-one. But there were 1.1 million salvations online. And by the way, let me say this. The first 15 years, we had about 18 salvations, 18,000 uh, in church, on the street. The last three years, we've had a million online alone. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand on that. Amen. I know that seems like a lot, but we have very um, short three-minute, four-minute videos that are online through um, people's testimonies, through Gospel Central. We have people's testimonies that we boost out to the world, and they're two or three minutes and then after it, we share the gospel. And so Drew Brees, for example, his testimony got like 50,000 salvations because we, we boosted out and people watch it and they get saved. And so we have a lot of those videos and that's where we're getting 80 million views online. And I know it seems like a lot, but the internet is, is endless. And that's why we're going to talk about what this is about. Let me read some of the stats. 142,000 uh, people at um, Toys for Joy, right all here in San Diego. 2.1 million hours of community service that we've counted for 38 million, uh, worth $38 million of San Diego. Let's give the Lord a hand for all y'all did. What's all y'all did. Amen. Uh, very briefly, uh, before we get into our announcement, let me acknowledge the um, passing of Billy Graham. Um, Billy Graham was a hero of mine, uh, an evangelist for decades. Uh, th there's no counting how many people he has led to the Lord, and most of that was in, in person because there was no internet. Uh, he had a crusade here in the early 2000s when we were planning this building. My job was to uh, direct the um, youth service, and they, we had like 72,000 kids come out for that service. I think it was the biggest event at Qualcomm ever was his youth service. Uh, the story that I remember about him, and I actually got a chance to meet him, which was an honor. The story I got that I remember the most that impacts me and tears me up when I think about it, is that he was standing at Seaport Village when he was here, and people would come up to him, and all they would say was a city and a date. They would say Minneapolis, 1967. Dallas, 1982. And I'm making these places and dates up, but you get the point. They were saying the place and the date they got saved at his event. And when I think about that, uh, this is just for me personally, because evangelism is my passion, that that, is be, that would be my dream. Be, hey, this is what I got to say. This is what I got to say. Now we have internet. The Congo in, in 2017, and you weren't even there. <laughs> Amen? That's, what, that's what's happening right now. Amen? Come on now. Come on now. So listen, our, our next venture is that we are going to start an online church. We have live stream, but we're going to take it to the next level and start online church. So I'm going to bring out an online church pastor, Mike and Brianna Humphreys. Let's give them a big hand as they come on out. Come on, let's give them a big hand. Everyone say, what's up, Mike and Brianna? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Listen, we know we have a live stream now where people watch. Uh, we have about four or 5,000 people who watch every Sunday online, and they just watch the service. But now we're going to take it to the next level and start online church. Before you answer that question, tell, tell us about your family. Yeah, so this is my wife, Brianna. We've been married for nine years now. We actually met in high school, high school sweethearts over here at Point Loma High, right up the street. 
And I actually got saved here at the Rock Church at when we were at Rough and Road because she invited me to go to the Rock. And so that's, that's our story. We have three beautiful kids, and, and we are blessed, a blessed family. Difference between online church and live stream. Okay, so we've had a live stream for quite some time now where you can log in and you can, you can watch the service online. But what really is going to separate it to make it a campus is that you're going to be connected in relationships, and that's going to be through our groups primarily. Uh, I want to remind you all, if you live in San Diego County, we have five amazing campuses, and I was part of the East County campus for four and a half years. Um, but if you live anywhere else outside of Southern California in the, in the U.S. or around the globe, we want to get you connected in community, and that's going to happen through our groups. And we actually have two different types of R groups. One, you can log in digitally and you can, you can have FaceTime chats with people. But we really want people to be, be connecting with the people that they already spend time with. For example, we have one group in Japan right now, a, a group that meets of English-speaking people. And, and people get deployed all the time outside of San Diego here. And it's a way to stay connected with family. This is for people outside of San Diego. As I said, that 1.1 million salvations are people from all over the world. Now we want to connect them around the world. So tell them what they can do to be part of it. Right. If, if you know anybody who lives outside of San Diego County, which I know everybody knows someone who does, you can be posting, posting the link to online.sdrock.com. That's our live church platform, you can go ahead and be sharing that link to your friends, to your family, posting it online, and that's a way for your friends and families to get, to get connected no matter where they are in the world. And if they want to join your team. Right. If you want to join our team, we would love, we're going to be discipling and raising up leaders to be, to be recruiting for our groups. And we have a, a whole team of chat people right upstairs right now who are hosting the chat. They're, they're doing live prayer requests. If you want to be part of that team, you can visit the same website, online.sdrock.com, and press the link that says serve, and we would love to get you plugged in. Give you perspective. Every week we have about four to 5,000 people who watch the service online. At the 8 o'clock service alone, we had over 4,000 people. And so if that continues, that's a 400 growth just from that service alone. So the potential is unlimited because we have the whole world to reach. Amen? So today we are going to cut the ribbon and we are going to officially open up this campus. Thank you, darling. Thank you, darling. Amen. Amen. Can we all stand up, please? Can we all, on all the campuses, stand up, all the campuses. God bless y'all. And I can't encourage y'all enough to post uh, our link every week all to your, to your Facebook world, your, your social media world, because we can reach the whole globe. We are reaching the globe, but even reach it more comprehensively. Amen. Amen. Let's grab that. Everyone say, on three, I'm going to say, who's the man? We're going to say Jesus, and we're going to cut this bad boy. One, two, three, who's the man? Jesus. Amen. 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 Let's get a lot of hands. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, there are people in places we will never physically be ever in our life who are going to get saved, who are going to get equipped, who are going to get sent out. And it's going to be because of the spirit of God is there just as, he, as much as he is here. So we just want to acknowledge that and we want to acknowledge the opportunity you have given us to leverage technology to preach the gospel. In Jesus' name. Amen. Say hi to somebody. Give someone a big hug. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 Y'all ready? Everyone lift your Bible up. On your count of three, say word. I think it's getting worse. I think y'all are getting worse. <laughs> if you're new and you wonder what we're laughing at, what I said was on account of three, 
say word. And then people say word. So you're not supposed to say word until I say three. One, two, three. Word. Simple. Muy facile. Muy facile. Turn to uh, John 14.6. John 14.6. John 14.6. I'm telling you in advance that you have a lesson plan in your notes. I am not going to get to the whole one, the whole lesson plan today. It's just too much information. We're going to finish it next week. So I'm telling you that in advance. I'm also telling you in advance that I'm encouraging you to pray every day. I can't encourage you to keep praying every day. Just one more week. Just do one more week. Seven more times. And then next week I'm going to uh, encourage you to pray every day for another week. I'm also going to encourage you to pray for the people you're going to invite to Easter service. Because there's people in your life who are thinking about, ah, Easter's coming up. It's my time to go to church. Bring them to church. Um, a week from tomorrow, a week from tomorrow, I'm going to start a, a dialed-in prayer challenge where I'm going to be online on my Facebook page Monday through Friday for two weeks in a row. March 12th to the, whatever, the 16th, March 19th to the 23rd at 6 a.m. every day. And we're going to practice what we've been talking about every day. My goal in that prayer time is not only to pray for you, but as much to empower you to pray for yourself. I'm going to have guest pastors from around the country praying with us and praying on you, praying over you. So we're going to have some awesome time. And, and so if you want information about that, you could text prayer to 52525. We'll send you a reminder every day, 6 a.m. We're going to be up. we got the whole video gear in my, in, my, in my house. We're going to do Facebook Live. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Are you all ready? Okay. Lord, bless our time today. Holy Spirit, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was um, 8, 9, 10 years old, I was um, doing surveillance on behalf of New York City Police Department, NYPD. My father was a police officer all my life. Um, he was a patrolman, detective, then became internal affairs. And so he would take me to work with him as a decoy. Because, you know, a little Puerto Rican-looking kid in New York, I'm not, you know, I'm not a cop, I'm only eight. And so he, I would walk with him and we'd go places and he would tell me, hey, look over there, go look behind that door, whatever, whatever. And so one time I was in, I don't know what borough of New York City we were in, but he said, I want you to walk down the street and there were brownstones. They're like row houses. They, um, I don't know how to explain it, but they're like row houses connected together. And they had steps that went up to the door. And they said, I want you to look at door number 23, which I remember because it was so traumatic, it's etched in my memory. And, and he said, I want you to see if there's a guy with a red shirt standing in door 23, at, at number 23. So I'm walking down the street and I'm thinking, I'm going to die. <laughs> this is like child abuse, uh, uh, <laughs> conditions not conducive to healthy growth of a young man. So I'm going, walking down the street going, I'm going to die. And lo and behold, the brother was in the door with a red shirt. And I'm thinking, he's there, he's there. And, you know, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to kind of like conspicuously go, you're the guy, you know, not say that, but like look at him knowing I'm looking at a guy who my father's probably going to arrest and thinking he's knowing that I'm doing that. And I'm walking down the street, I'm just scared of death, almost peeing in my pants and, and he's there. And then I turn around and walk back and he said, just walk down, see if he's there and then come back. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? And I'm walking down thinking I'm going to get killed. And my father was like, you're not going to be alone. I'm right here. And even though he was there, he was here. <laughs> Um, God never meant for us to walk with him alone. A lot of times we think we pray to ask God in the heart, and then we go about our business thinking God is up there, 
and we have to pray to convince him to come here and to be with us. Or we have to convince him to listen to us. Or we have to convince him that we're good enough for him to answer our prayer yes. That's what the devil wants. I want to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in your prayers. Because you were never meant to pray effectively without the guidance and, and wisdom and power of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say Holy Spirit. John 16. John 16. Let's read this. It says, uh, John 14. Uh, Jesus said, I will pray the Father to the Father and he will give you a helper. Everyone say helper. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Say, I'm not an orphan. I will come to you. And then it says in John, the next verse, John 16, it says, Nevertheless, I will tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. If, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, one of the things we've been talking about this whole series, and I can't emphasize it is enough, it will transform your prayer life, is to declare the truth of God before you pray anything. Because if you start praying based on your emotion, your fear, what you think, you're going to start saying stuff that's unnecessary. So the, very, the first thing to do to dial in your thoughts, to make sure your thoughts are in line and in accordance with the word of God and the truth of God. Because you always want to pray according to the truth of God, not your truth. What does the truth of God say? You want to start declaring what is already true. So based on what we just read, here's what's true. Say, I declare, I declare. that the Holy Spirit is a person. Oh, what do you mean? I didn't, I didn't read that when he said he. I will send him and, and, and the Bible said that God made us in his image. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We talked about last week. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are all God. God made us in his image. A person is not a human necessarily. A human is, is a body with a person inside. What makes you a person has, is not this. You can have no legs, no arms, can't see, can't speak, can't hear, can't talk. You are still a person. What makes you a person is the invisible part of you that, is, that can have a relationship with the living God. Whether you speak or not, you're still a person. You're not any less of a person by what you say or your ability to speak. You're not any less or more of a person by being able to see, hear, or how intelligent you are. You're not any less of a person by the color of your skin. That's all packaged. What makes you a person is the image of God in you, the ability to have a relationship with God, to speak to God, for God to speak to you. To be encouraged by God and to encourage others like God. To receive his forgiveness, receive his encouragement. To understand how he understands. To be able to understand and receive his word and communicate his word. To be able to emulate his heart. That's what makes you a person. So God said, I'm going to make you in my image people so we can have relationship. I want to say relationship. So when we declare that the Holy Spirit is a person, what we're saying is that the Holy Spirit is someone I can have a relationship with. It is so important for you to understand this. And if you declare this truth. That the Holy Spirit's a person, you will never ask the things you ask like, can you hear me? Of course he can, he's a person. Can you understand me? Of course he can, he's a person. Well, do you love me? We're going to see in a minute. Yes, he does. Okay, so let's go back to the first declaration. Say, I declare, I declare that the Holy Spirit is a person. Able to live in relationship with me. The Holy Spirit wants to live in relationship with you. What does that mean? Is that you have a relationship. He's not up there. You got to, hey, come on. No, we're having a relationship. Look at this next declaration. Say, I declare, I declare that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was, sent to help me. was sent to help 
Come on, I want you to say it out loud. The, the, if you say it out loud, I'll just give you a little science lesson. The more you say it out loud, the more of a physical imprint is going to be in your brain. And the better you're going to be able to recall it later on. If you just think it, it's different than if you say it. Are you following what I'm saying? Matter of fact, the louder you say it, the bigger the imprint's going to be. The more frequent you say it, the bigger the imprint's going to be, and the better you're going to remember it. Okay, say, I declare. I declare. And by the way, when you say, I declare, you're not saying, I kind of, no, this is true. That's a declaration. It is true. Say, I declare. I declare. That the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was, sent was sent to help me. Okay, so, ho, 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 God. So, the Holy Spirit's a person who I can have a relationship with, and he was sent to help me. Well, if he was sent to help you, then you don't have to ask him to help you. You don't have to wonder, is he helping me? You don't have to be scared that he's not helping you. He's sent to help you. And then you might be saying, why he's not helping me? Well, maybe you haven't asked. Maybe you haven't received his help. Maybe you haven't asked him to reveal to you how he's helping you. Maybe you haven't listened to his counsel. Okay, let's read this again. Say, I declare. That the Holy Spirit was sent to help me. Okay, let's do the next one. Say, I declare. That the Holy Spirit was sent to live in me. Oh, so if the Holy Spirit is a person, he was sent to have a relationship with you, he was sent to help you, and he lives within you, guess what? You never have to pray. Holy Spirit, come. He's already there. So wherever you go, he's there. Holy Spirit, can you help me? I'm, that's what I'm here for. Holy Spirit, can you hear me? I'm in a relationship with you. So if you know those things, and by the way, if you, if you know those things and you declare those things, then your prayer, your request will be different. Because you can say, Holy Spirit, imagine, you're, imagine you're, you're going through a hard day. You say, Holy Spirit, I know you're in a relationship with me. I know you live in me. I know, you, I know you, that you, you, you are a person. I know you can understand me. I know you can empathize with me. And I know you've been sent here to help me. And he's going to say, yes. Yes. So now let's get to the prayer. You don't have to beg me for those things. Let's just acknowledge that they're true. Because you could spend five minutes begging the Holy Spirit to help you. He said, why are you asking me to do something I've already been sent to do? Let's talk about what you want. Let's, let's talk about partnering and doing it. Are you following what I'm saying? It doesn't mean you can't keep asking him, but don't ask him wondering, is he here to help me? He is already here to help you. And so I want to talk about, I, I've written in your, in your notes, seven characteristics of his personhood. Because it's very important for you to understand how much of a person he is. We're going to do some today and some next week. But I want you to understand this thing. It's a person. And because in our mind, when we think person, we think a, a human. We limit to a, to a human. Some of y'all have dogs. I don't have a dog. Um, I had cats when I was growing up. We did have a couple of dogs, but I was more attached to the cats we had. I don't know why. Now I'm like, I want a dog. But my wife won't let me have a dog. Okay. I know I'm the head of my household, but my wife is the neck, and she turns me any way she wants me to go. I, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> the, guy, the guy who decided with me, he was a big muscular dude, right? And he was always, uh, uh, he, he was 6'4", 225 pounds, had no body fat. He was ripped. And, he, and he, he was just always getting our face. Yo, man, yo, man, what's the word of God? Are you a man of God? And he said, are you a man of your house? I was like, yeah. He said, are you the man of your house? And he would get us all jacked up. I'm the, and he would get us yelling. I'm the man of my house. And then he would. And your wife is in neck, and she turns you any way she wants you to go. I was like, yeah, man, why do you want to do that to me? Some of y'all who have dogs, you have an emotional attachment to your dog. And you can't have a relationship with your dog. It's different. It's at a different level. Holy Spirit has a relationship with you. Okay? He's a person. Person, this is just a covering to the person that's in us. 
God made us so we could have a relationship. If there's anything you get out of today and next week is that the Holy Spirit is a person who wants to have a relationship with you. And the relationship that you have with him is modeled by the relationship you have with people. This relationship is secondary to this relationship in potential. The problem is we're so distracted by what we see that we're focused on this level instead of this level. Prayer is focusing on this level, vertical versus horizontal. Prayer is saying I'm going to trust this relationship and what I hear God saying to me and what God directed me than what I feel on this relationship. That's the difficult thing about prayer. We get so distracted with what we see and what we perceive in the natural versus the supernatural. The Holy Spirit is a person. Say person. Okay, so number one, I declare. Say when I say I declare. That the Holy Spirit loves me. Ooh. Watch this. The Holy Spirit is a person who wants to live in relationship with you, who's been sent to help you, who lives inside of you. Therefore, you'll never be alone. You'll never be alone. You never have to pray, Holy Spirit, come. He's already here. We pray that kind of, we, we sing that. Yeah, but he's already here. Just un- he's never not here. You can't go anywhere where the Spirit of God isn't. Just know that. You have to acknowledge it. You can say, Holy Spirit, I acknowledge your presence, but I already know you're here. So the Holy Spirit is a person who lives inside of you, who was sent to help you, and who loves you. That sounds like a good deal. That sounds like a good deal. He loves me. And by the way, the love of God is uh, unfailing. It's inexhaustible. It never runs out. You can never get to the edge of love God and keep going. I was in Hawaii once uh, um, making a little video, and I was swimming in the ocean. And I had my wife, she was in the kayak, filmed the video. And I was swimming in the ocean as far as you could see is water. I said, that's how God's love is. I'm swimming. I can't, ever, I can't, I couldn't drink all this water. It's impossible. That's how God's love is. But we think it could run out. And so the Holy Spirit is a person, and he loves me. Look what it says in, in, in Romans 15, 30. I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit. Say love of the Spirit. That you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. By the way, when I challenge you to pray every day, all you have to do is take these lesson plans and read them as your prayer time. Just do this. Declare this and speak it. Okay, number two, say, I declare that the Holy Spirit has a mind. Say, I declare that the Holy Spirit has a mind. Say this with me. The Holy Spirit is a person, can have relationship with me. Lives in me, was sent to help me, loves me, and has a mind. This is a person. Guess what? Because he has a mind, he can think like you can think. He can interact with your thoughts. He created thoughts. He created your brain. He knows how your brain works. He designed your brain. He can interact with your brain. He can transform your mind. He can change the way you think. Are you, are, you, are you following what I'm saying? The, the people you know, they can, people can influence how you think about yourself. They can tell you negative things. Some of y'all have been told something negative when you were little and you believed it. You're dumb and you believe it. You hold on to it to this day. You're a failure and you believe it. And you hold on to it to this day. You hold that lie in your head. The Holy Spirit can undo that lie and set you free because he knows your mind. And so the Holy Spirit, is a, he has a mind. And the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. Look what it says in, in Romans chapter 8. It says, now he who he, he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. He's thinking about you. You know the Holy Spirit is thinking about you? Let's think about this. The Holy Spirit's a person. He loves you. He's thinking about you. He's watching you sleep, watching you struggle. 
He's interacting with your thoughts as you're thinking about, contemplate what you should say, what you shouldn't say, how you should respond. He's interacting with your thoughts. He's interacting with your, with your worries, your, your preoccupations. It's a person. So when you pray, it's not like God is up there. He's right here. He's right here. And he's, you have a thought, he's right there. He, your thoughts in his mind, right there, right there, happening together. And he's like, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm in. Don't ever think you're over here and he's over here. He's right here. He's right here. And, he can, and you can't be separated from him. And he loves you. And guess what? I want to help you. I've been sent to help you. Matter of fact, one of, one of my names is Helper. I'm going to be with you. We're in a relationship. We're in this together. Your prayers, if you start declaring these truths, you will find yourself worrying less and then interacting. Okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Tell me what the Father wants. Tell me, tell me what the plan of God is for my life. This is praying. Are you following me? And so you start thinking like him. Look what it says next. I just say, I declare. I declare that the Holy Spirit has a will. In, say, one more second. Say, I declare. And by the way, you can walk around your house. You can, you can mumble because the people sleep in your house. If you get up early, I declare this, I declare this, I declare this, I declare this. But you want to say it with determination. You're not saying, uh, I, I, I declare. <laughs> like when my kids were little, it, it, there's a term in California. We didn't have it in New York. At least when I, I don't remember it, saying it when I lived in New York. It might have been a, it came into fruition when my kids were little. But first time I heard it was in California. It's this term. When someone asks you a yes or no question, you say, sure. <laughs> I associate that with California. It, it, may not, it may not be that way. It may, it may be just me. But my kids would say, you want some ice cream? And they would go, sure. To me, that was like, whatever you want to do. I'm like, whatever I want to do, I ain't giving you none because I'm going to eat it myself. <laughs> so you yes or no. <laughs> and when they would say, sure, I interpret that as no. You know what I'm saying? More for me. <laughs> It's about me right now. Especially if it's going to be the expensive ice cream, I'm going to give you the store-bought. I'm eating Haagen-Dazs, okay? So you can, you can show your way on to vanilla, okay? <laughs> However, so, 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 but <laughs> I don't even know why I brought that up. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has a desire for you. When you declare something, you are declaring that you absolutely believe it. It's not kind of true. I declare. Let's put that de declaration up there one more time. Say, I declare. I declare. Do you notice I'm standing like this? See, I'm not just kind of like this. You know, I, I don't know. This is like I'm ready to run. There's nowhere to run. <laughs> this is my declaration position. I'm like, let's go. It's kind of a casual version of this. Is this. This is my declaration position. Say, I declare, I declare that, the that the Holy Spirit has a will. What does that mean? There's something he wants. There's something he wants for your life. And what he wants for your life is according to what's in the mind of God, which is in parallel with the love of God. And he wants to execute it in the context of a relationship because he lives inside of you. And he wants to do it to help you fulfill his will in your life. How do you pray without this? Let me say this. How do you pray effectively without all of this? And so before you pray every single day, 
for the rest of your life if you just declare these things. Holy Spirit, I know you. I do this every day. I'm not, I'm not lying. Every day. Holy Spirit, I declare you. you are, and I start declaring all these truths. Holy Spirit, you are a person. We have a relationship. You live inside of me. You love me. You have a mind. You have a will. You have a plan for my life. You know the thoughts of God, so in my life. I just have to say the truth. There's, there's, no, there's no rhetorical uh, uh, skill in that. It's just really stating the facts. That's it. And they're written there for you. State those facts all day. And the, and the Bible says, you know, some people say, well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And all I got to do is ask. There are verses in the Bible that say, if you just ask, you'll have it. And, and people say, that doesn't sound right. It's not right the way you're thinking about it. In other words, the Bible says that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. What that doesn't mean is that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, that sounds contradictory. Okay, for example, here's what I mean by that. Lord, I just pray that you take all that hair off because they get on my nerves. Make them bald. Okay, if I delight myself in the Lord, God's not going to grant me the desire of that heart. But if I look at that person and say, dear Lord, I just, man, make them bald. But I, I delight in you. God is going to give me this desire. Uh, Lord, I know they get on my nerves, but I need to pray for them because I need to check my heart. He just gave me a desire. Are you following what I'm saying? That's what that means. It doesn't mean I can walk around just asking for stuff. Smoke that person. Give me five houses. Give me a million dollars. And there you go. No, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. It says, Lord, I got an issue. I was on a plane yesterday and, and, and I was talking to students. We were kind of joking back and forth. I thought. I thought. I thought. I thought everything was going good. And she was walking right by me. And it was a real, it was like, you know, a little, little tiny plane. And I put my, I just tapped her like right behind, on top of her shoulder with the tip of my finger. I didn't like push her. And I said, boom. And she turned around and goes, don't you ever touch me again. There's a button there if you want me. Then you just, and I was like, whoa. And then she said, well, now that we got that out of the way, how can I help you? Holy Spirit said, don't say anything. Put your head down. Look at your computer and mind your business. I was like, I'm good. Real time. Holy Spirit has a will. Holy Spirit knows every single one of you, and he's trying to get something done in your life. Look at this verse. This, this, this is talking about spiritual gifts. You can read the chapter if you want. It says, all the gifts are one and the same spirit who works all these things. But one and the same spirit who works all these things, distinguishing to each individual as he wills. I have a passion for non-believers. I have a passion for evangelism. God gave that to me. God put that in me. I have a passion to get y'all to share the gospel with non-believers. God put that in me. I went to a prison. I was sharing Donovan State Prison. And the inmates in this particular yard, they were wearing orange jumpsuits, and I had my message. And right before I went out, the Spirit of God just flooded me with his presence. And he said, I want you to tell him I love him. And I was like, God, it's in my sermon. He said, no, no, no. <laughs> Your sermon? <laughs> it's a true story. And he said, you see those guys out there? Those are my guys. Those are my guys. I created them to be dads and uncles and brothers and teachers, and the devil got them. And now they're living like animals in cages. But I love them, and I want you to tell them that I told you 
to tell them that before you get into your sermon. And I'm standing there crying because I start to see them as he saw them and have his heart for them and a heart that they didn't even have necessarily for themselves, a heart that you don't even have for yourself. I have, Holy Spirit has a will. He has a plan for your life. He has doors of opportunity for every single one of you that are open, waiting for you to walk through, but you're banging on the wrong door. Oh. You'll beat your head trying to make a relationship work, and it's never going to work. You're reach, beating on the door trying to get a business to work, and it'll never work. You're trying to, trying to make money over here, it'll never work. You're trying to build three families at one time, it'll never work. God will never bless this competition. When God told you not to do something, he'll never bless it, ever. You got some of y'all living together, you're not supposed to be living together, he's not going to bless it. He's not going to bless it. He says, I want you to do it my way or forget it. And now I'm not saying, I'm not saying you can't have relative happiness. I'm not saying you can't have relative happiness, but you are not going to reap the benefits of, of the blessings of God if you do it another way other than what he said. Because it's, it's not about us. It's on his terms. He has a desire for your life. I have an evangelistic heart for people. If I start deviating from that, he's not going to bless it. He's not going to bless it. And, 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 a, and a heart to unite people, by the way, and to encourage people. Which is, look, at, look at what's happening, all these, all these nationalities up in here, come, come like United Nations up in here. That's God doing that, amen. So he has a will. So here's the thing, here's the thing. You get up in the morning, you get up in the morning, I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to play. Just, I'm a person, I want to talk to you, I love you, I'm with you, I've been sent to help you. I have a plan for your life. I have a mind, I know God's plan for your life. And you never talk to me. And you get up and you start worrying. And you start complaining based on what the liar, the devil's telling you. And you start going about your day doing stuff based out of fear about what the liar is telling you. And I'm sitting over here screaming at you. What about me? I want to help you. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't call that person. Don't go out with that person. Don't trust that person. And I'm trying to help you, trying to help you. Don't marry that person. And then you blame me because you got married because you met the brother at the church when I told you not to marry that fool. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit's going to, and then you're going to, you're going to blame this person and say, no, 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 no. And, 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 you got to do that. It's on you. He has a will for your life. And by the way, I know the plans, Jeremiah 29, I know the plans you have for me, God. Not to harm me. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to harm you. He wants to bless you. He doesn't need your permission to harm you. Do you think that, oh, if I give my life to God and I pray he's going to harm me? He don't need you to do all that. He can just, bam, you're done. If he wanted to, if he wanted to harm you, he wants to bless you. But he needs you to voluntarily surrender your life to him. So we're going to do that right now. We're going to continue this lesson plan next week because this, this stuff is, is going to get even better. But right now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to know the Holy Spirit. Everyone say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I need you. I need to trust you. Bow your heads and close your eyes in all the campuses. Holy Spirit, we it's so easy to ignore you because we can't see you. It's so easy to ignore you because we always think the Father and the Son and the cross and Easter and Christmas. But we rarely think of Pentecost when you showed up, your holiday. Lord, there are two groups of people here, some who just need to give their life to Jesus and receive the Spirit of God in their life. And then there are others, so many of us, who just need to submit to the Holy Spirit. 
I just want you to pray one prayer with me. I think about all that you've done in this church for 18 years and that you have so much ahead of us. But it's only going to be blessed if we do it your way. If you would like to surrender your life to the leadership of the Spirit of God, whether through salvation or recommitment, just pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I know Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. And that there is a relationship with the Holy Spirit available to me. Jesus, please forgive me. Send the helper to live inside of me. Fill me with the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, I pray you are speaking to people right now and encouraging them in all the campuses. I pray that they are allowing you to minister to them. And that they are acknowledging and realizing that you are really good to us. I pray that they would pray every day and they would sit there and listen for your voice. You have an incredible plan for our life. Thank you. You love us so much. You love us so much. When I think of those inmates in that prison who got caught doing horrible things. And I think of us who never got caught. <laughs> I think of all the times that we slander somebody and you say that's the same as murder. How many times have we murdered somebody? Lord, you love us so much. And I think of all the people who live outside of a physical prison, but they're in an emotional prison, a mental prison, a spiritual prison. I pray you set them free. Pray for deliverance for people right now in Jesus' name who are in bondage to the lies of the devil about who they are, about what they could ever do. I pray you break those chains in Jesus' name right now and set them free. That they would believe that they can actually see you do things that no eye has seen, no ears heard, no mind can ever conceive in their life. They can actually be blessed and walk in peace and, and have a, a life whose blessings overflow. If you prayed that prayer to surrender your life to Jesus, submit to the Spirit of God. And the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And I pray the freedom of God for you to stand up. And if you want your person with you to stand up, just grab their hand and squeeze it so they can stand up with you. In all the campuses, if you pray that prayer on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Stay standing. God bless you. 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 Now we're going to ask all those people in a minute, we're going to ask them to come down to the altar. 
If you're in the balcony, all you have to do is turn around and walk up and the ushers will bring you forward. The rest of us, we just want to celebrate them. So let's give them a hand as they come out of the seat and come on down to the altar. Amen. God bless you, brother. God bless you. I like that suit that hat. Stay right there. God bless you. Come on, let's give him a big hand. Come on. You can just face me, brother. Just face this way. There we go. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. Watch the people coming down the aisle. Come on. Amen. Let's give, let's encourage them. How are you? How are you? God bless you. Stay right there, okay? Here you go, brother. What's up? Just come forward. There we go. Come on, let's give him a big hand. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. Stay right here. We go. God bless you. God bless you. It's going to be okay, girlfriend. It's going to be okay. God bless you. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless you. God bless you. What's up? God bless you. <laughs> hey, hey. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Oh, I'm sorry. That gets, I'm sorry. <laughs> God bless you. 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 Amen. Let's give him a hand. Come on now. God bless you. That gets you. God bless you. Now everybody over here. Amen. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. All y'all with him? Okay, God bless you. 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 I was watching you. Are you up there? God bless you. Amen. Everybody say, I declare. Say, I declare. Uh, I don't know what vocabulary you have. I don't know what language you speak. Add that to your vocabulary. If there's one thing you should say more than everything else every day, more than everything else you say every day, if there's one phrase you should say more than every other phrase every day, is I declare. All day. I declare. Learn all those declarations. Make them up. I declare the Holy Spirit lives in my heart. I declare the Holy Spirit loves me, encourages me. Got my back, knows who I should be with. Just make it up. Because he does. He knows who you should be with. I declare the Holy Spirit knows how I need to deal with this person. I declare the Holy Spirit knows how I should view myself. Just make them up. As long as they're true. And say them over and over and over again. Amen. Let's give this brother a big hand. Come on. I assume you're coming here. Come on. God bless you. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. Amen. Lord, I pray. Lord, I declare that you know every single one of these people. I declare that you love them. I declare that you're never going to leave them or forsake them. I declare that you know everything about their life, what they need. And I declare that they, if they trust you, you will guide and direct them. If they trust you, you will guide and direct them. And I declare that even when they mess up, you're still going to be there with them. And you're still going to encourage them. Let's keep going. Let me pick you up. Let's keep going. I'm not going to beat you down. 
And I declare that you have always been good to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a right turn and walk this way. Amen. Come on now. Let's give a big hand. Come on, church. You're welcome. Amen. 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 <laughs> Come on now. Amen. Say Jesus. I declare. Amen, amen, amen. We have our pastoral support team, guys, that would love to connect with you guys. Feel free to have a seat as, we, as we're concluding here. But wow, what a great thing.